0: On today's show, a lot of heartburn over the proposed food tax increase. And the question, censure over impeachment? Representative Ben McAdams is on the censure train. Tune in Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11, for Dave and I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact Cordell, Cordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Innovation and Leadership. I'm Jess Larson. Today on the show, we've got part two of our interview with Danny Israelis.
1: First of all, for, for a while, any mail that you send out, I want to be CC'd. Any project, please, you know, update me uh uh pretty frequently and this is a way for me to 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 gain trust in my employees and see that no disaster happens
0: danny i'd love to talk in this part a lot more about leading an innovative team um obviously so many folks have great ideas that never actually become a marketable product and and here you guys are just days away from yours being marketable and also just you have innovative uh marketing that really really tells the use case of a of a customer i mean i watch those videos and i think man i, I think I, I should get one of these for talking to my kids when i'm on business trips <laughs> but go anywhere with that where, where would you go with that on leading teams that can think like this
1: um so so i've i've uh learned great lessons throughout uh, the past few years uh, regarding on how to have a team become passionate and give you more than you expect. Um, and uh, I mentioned before my my uh, CEO, Yossi Wolf, which which taught me a lot of these lessons, but the first one that he taught me regarding recruiting a team, hiring people, he said, uh he said he t- always tells me find people which you feel are much better than you uh because those are the ones that will take you forward uh you know sometimes managers try to find the exact opposite people that they will always feel a bit above and that is a that is uh a, a way to to i think kind of make your workspace first of all uh disrespectful in a way and just not not a not a uh straightforward moving machine and when you when you take people that you know all continuously uh suggest great ideas and you just have to pick like you know a la carte like a menu then it's it becomes much more fun and much more of a speedy process and and you get to to really uh new places uh, the second thing that I've learned throughout the years, and uh, this is a sentence by my uh, by my uh, friend, uh, Gal Goren, who is the CEO of uh, Timi China, our uh, manufacturing company. He says, eh, you can be a great general when you have the best commanders. So, uh, again, you know, I, I find people that I don't sit with and sit with them on their computer screen and say, move this here, do this, do this, do this, because you know, that's not really management and not really and, and the employee doesn't really feel that he's doing anything aside from being some kind of tool. Uh the the way to to lead a team as 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 I see it and as we see it in our company is to give someone a goal and then, you know, if he starts saying, But what should I do? I should do this, you just say, first of all, go and try to deal with it. Do it as you think you should do it. You know, give give someone a a, a mission and let him uh, run free. Uh, that way, uh, our our employees feel much more uh, uh, contributional and much more excited about the job
0: and much more passionate.
1: Um, and the results uh, the results are are incredible.
0: So, what would you tell a manager or leader who they they hear that advice and they think that's good advice, but they have that tendency to think, well, I should tell them what to do because it'll be more efficient because they'll do it right the first time. What what would you have as far as advice to like help a leader or manager um, kind of hold back that urge and, and be a little bit patient to let people explore and probably make a couple of mistakes on the way to finding an answer?
1: Uh, first of all, I would very much understand a manager like that. I'm very very much uh, hands-on originally, and I, I don't tend to trust people. But then, eventually, um, when you – I tell that manager, you know, if you want your company to to be successful, then in a few months or in a year, you'll have to scale, right? And then when when you scale and you'll have more responsibilities and more regions you're working with and more employees – You can't be everywhere all the time. You can't be fully involved in every process that works. If you don't build your roots properly, if you don't build your core team, your your core uh, employees and managers uh, as employees that can uh, uh, manage projects and and, uh, situations themselves, then you won't be able to grow. You will be very much stuck as a a small company where you have to do everything. You will never uh, become uh, something uh, big or more successful because you are uh, shrinking your abilities as a company.
0: (laughs) Pretty pretty clear. Interesting. Um, Well, uh, I'm interested... When you think about your experience coming from the marketing side to now being in charge of the whole country or or other just transitions in your career, is there a story that stands out to you when you feel like you learned a big leadership lesson, either observing or something that you went through?
1: No, I I, I can just say really that that uh, just uh, the answer I, I uh, gave before about the, the scaling, etc. Uh, you know, I, I started a company here in the U.S., uh, with, uh, with one employee. Now we're five and we're soon to be 10. And, and in the beginning, I was exactly that. I was sitting uh, in, in everybody's screen and making sure how they're writing their emails. And I think as a start, you know, when you kind of check out who, who your employees are, uh, you know, when I have a, a new employee that I request him, first of all, for, for a while... Any mail that you send out, I want to be cc'd. Any project, please, you know, update me uh, uh, pretty frequently. And this is a way for me to, to, to gain trust in my employees. Where at some point, it's always hard, but uh, but it's it's I guess it's like putting your your uh, your kid at the kindergarten for the first time. But you have to uh, to uh, let go and and see that no disaster happens uh if it happens you'll deal with it but usually no disaster happens but uh, but the the opposite you know
0: i'd be interested in in how you feel like these principles apply to marketing you you come from a marketing background obviously uh you know you look at the press page on your website you guys are getting covered by forbes and bloomberg and Reuters and everybody and um I think I saw on your early adopters page, you've already got almost 24,000 people signed up to be on the early adopters. Um, something is going right about your marketing. Can you talk about what you think it is and how you help a team go deeper on whatever it is that you guys do?
1: Uh, yes. First of all, um, I think we did something uh, pretty smart from from a pretty early stage we, we were very much invested in clearing the messaging, not to the world, but to ourselves. How do we describe this? Uh, we, have a, we have what is considered to be a very complicated product uh, for, for description. You know, if, if, if somebody asked me for an elevator pitch, it's, it's pretty hard. And we were just in the office, the marketing team. Every two, three days, you know, we would check upon each other so. Do you have an uh, elevator pitch? Do you have an elevator pitch? How's, uh, how, would I, how would I call that? What does this? And, and we really went into depth on what every word means and what every word uh, feels like. And we, we changed a lot throughout, throughout uh, the time that we, since the time that we started with that process, which was about a year or a year and a half ago. And we are constantly rechecking ourselves on that. At some point, I think we understood, uh, or or we 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 captivated a, a way of telling the story of the product, so it actually appeals to almost everybody. Where we we've we've uh, um, um, how do you call it? We, we we've uh, each each and every one of us on the team demonstrates Timi or tells about Timi while uh, using personal situations, personal uses uh, from our lives because it it, it helps people relate very easily. You know, if I explain to someone how I use Timi to spend time with my nephews, the person on the other side automatically sees his nephews and understands why it's good for him. So, so, this is a very long process of of building the messaging uh, properly that I think we figured out well. The second thing that we did in all in all our marketing is because as I mentioned we from from the beginning we understood that this is a product that is not the simplest to describe so our marketing materials and you you referenced our our videos uh, are are pretty. Uh, Direct. So the first one we did was very, very uh, visually explain what are all the uses of this device. The second movie that we did was okay, so you see it it does all this. Now let's focus on what we think is the most interesting, uh, usable, exciting feature, and let us show you all the ways you can do it. So that's the the video, moving video call, video. So we we took uh, a woman and put her in a very very common life situation that pretty much anyone can relate to, and we showed all the different uses of Teemi for her. So we are we are trying to be very very simple towards uh, the customer.
0: This is the one where she checks in with her kids, and then she checks in mm-hmm. with work, and
1: yep. Yeah. So, so That's... it's it's just one feature out of of thousands you can do with Teeny, but it is so so special and and uh, uh, usable, uh, and still when you explain it to people, you know, when you say, oh, you can be at two places at once, you can hop into your robot from just not always they they get the the idea, the the story, the the ability in it, and so we said, hey we think this is worth our while to to you know to sit on this uh, uh issue and explain uh explain the hell out of it so we did it and uh we we're getting the great uh, great responses for it of people you know saying this is exactly my life and I, I can exactly see myself using this for these uses and
0: no that that's the one that got me you know i go to conferences in different countries and you know, I'm away from, I'm away from the family and, um, you know, theoretically you should be able to just call and FaceTime your kids.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah,
0: but I have teenagers or I have, you know, I have kids who are off playing and, and, uh, it's actually not as easy as I would have thought sometimes to like get the kids. (laughs) So the, the idea of having that thing to drive around the house and go find my 10 year old and say, Hey, Hey pal, how was school today? Uh, anyways, that one, that one hooked me. Um, well, hey, I think this is a great place to take just a quick break uh, to hear from our sponsor. And we'll be right back to hear from Danny. Okay, so Danny, we're back from our sponsor break here. Um, thinking about your own approach to leadership and, and helping a team want to go through the process. You, before our little sponsor break there, you were talking about going back over and over and making sure everyone had a personal story use case about the product Um, you know, I think for many of us in business, we know why the product is good. And it seems like a lot of work to sit down and go through and do that specifically and have everybody have a personal story. Um, any thoughts about the discipline to, to stick with it and to come back to it over and over and have people revisit and continue to refine instead of just call it good? (laughs)
1: Um, we, we don't see failure as an option and so we constantly test ourselves so as long as we feel that we have a way to go and we have even if it's two more steps ahead to to move forward then you know we'll put in the effort and this is this this is the the team that we we built as well um if i go to a conference and I tell the story of Timmy and I see that 50% I get enthusiastic responses and 50 are doubtful something is not working I want 99% of the people to love it so this is why we are constantly and and we are constantly improving these messages and the stories etc and it also makes your work much more fun. First of all, personally, you know, I very much like playing with wording and messaging. I think it's a very interesting field as is. But uh but when you go to one conference and you get uh 50% doubtful and 50 enthusiastic and then the next one you're at 70% enthusiastic and 30 uh, doubtful and you know, y- you feel the improvement your your job becomes much more fun. You start now when we go to to show I call it you know we used to call it uh, showcase team. now I call it to show off TV because we come with it, we open the box and we start enjoying it and we start enjoying the responses the great responses so it's it's like being you know it's like coming to a party and being the, the center of the the event uh, so it makes your your work so much fun for for all our uh, employees so I think that's it gets you addicted on improving and improving the, the marketing, uh, uh, materials and stories, etc.
0: Yeah. What about early on when, when you have team members that are, that are discouraged when, when they get out there and test and the test doesn't go great. Um, how do you approach that as a leader or a manager of, of helping them get past the, the frustration or get past the, uh, the downer and, uh, and get the excitement back?
1: First of all, I think uh, the atmosphere uh, is very non-judgmental or, or or criticizing. We are all we all feel that we are in this project together, and uh, and so you know if something doesn't go well, it's not my employee's. For sure, it's not his fault, and it's not his uh, down. It's all of us's problem. And the general approach is very, very accepting. So we we treat this this whole uh, uh, product or the process of it as a project that we are we we're having the chance to you know to to utilize uh, computer science and mechanics. Uh, so it, it's like kind of of a lab. So 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 testing or presenting and failing and then going back to the lab and improving, it's just part of the process. It's no biggie. I mean, uh, once, you know, once we're out with, with the products for customers, obviously, uh, you can't allow yourself that, uh, that range of, 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 uh, trial and error. But as long as you are in the process of R and D, uh, that's the thing, that's the fun. Exactly. Like, uh, you know, when we were kids and we built, uh, Uh, RC cars so you build it then you take it for a first ride and then it malfunctions or you break something so you take it back to the to the to the house and repair it or I know I have history a long history of mechanics with motorcycles etc so half the time is you know breaking things and then repairing them and then improving and every every it's a cycle of improvement so it's it's part of our uh, joy of creation I say
0: so um... You know, at Mylan, we've got the media half of the business and we've got the consulting half where we're, we're helping folks with their leadership or innovation programs internally. And we have a lot of clients that maybe don't have environments of acceptance. You know, the company's been around a long time. They've only been there for a handful of years, right? And they're trying to change things. They're trying to make the environment more accepting. I mean, you you read about those top sports teams like a San Antonio Spurs or, you know, at Milan, we've got a bunch of former special ops guys. And these are definitely environments where we are a team together and they are accepting, like people feel safe there. If you had any advice for, for my clients that want to make their environment more safe, more accepting, what what would you say?
1: Um... First of all, I think it all starts from uh, from the head. You know, uh, if if the, the head of the company uh, wants such an, an an environment and assists in creating one, then all his employees will have to be aligned. Or uh, y- the the only thing I think that an accept an accepting environment should not accept is a non-accepting person. So, uh, you know, it's, it's I, I, I'm also uh, from, uh, from special operations uh, background and uh, worked in a very small and intense team, an intense environment. And um, whoever didn't comply with the, the atmosphere that we built in our small team just wasn't a part of the team. So this was part of the team build. We started uh, 30 people and we finished uh, after two, two and a half years of a course, we finished 15 people and we were all aligned with the same uh, team culture. Uh, we wouldn't accept a non-acceptance or someone who is non-assistive uh, or is uh, unreasonably uh, critical. Um yeah, so I think you know. I guess, and, yeah.
0: it, I guess it's that boldness of the leader to just not accept it. Huh?
1: In in a company, completely, yeah, yeah. You just have to fight for the culture that you want to have. I love it's, it. A, it's, it's a huge issue, company cultures, and you know, it changes, it changes uh, all the employees' uh, experience, and it changes the face of a company. And uh, if I, I think it's something that every company leader should be very aware of and invest time and resources in building the culture he believes in.
0: I love it. Well, maybe as a final question here, I'd love to hear any other, um, you know, we've been lucky enough to have a lot of folks from different, from different special operations units uh, over the years on the show. I'd love to hear any, maybe as a closer here, just another lesson that you feel like translated from your time in special operations to, to helping lead your team today Mm.
1: that's that's pretty simple uh the the world of of tech or startups is the world of the unknown and it is exactly similar to special operations you you have to be prepared for prepared for the worst uh but no matter what happens, you keep marching on you know <laughs> never stopping and uh, this is something that that special operations completely uh, uh, built my character in you know that nothing will break us uh, we will uh, we will uh, be thrown uh, we will get uh, sticks and stones thrown at us during the way, but nothing will stop our path to uh, the to our uh shining star or to our goal in the end and it's very very useful in startups
0: I love it well uh, well, thanks again for making so much time for us here
1: no problem thank you for the great questions it was very interesting for me
0: you bet so everybody uh, recommend checking out robot t-m t-e-m-i dot com uh, wh- what about social Where, where's other good places for them to follow you guys
1: so we are on uh, facebook robo uh, Instagram, me, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, wherever, wherever you want, we're there. Love it. Okay, thanks again. Thank you very much. Hi, welcome to the subway ad for two ninety nine subs. How would you like it?
0: Uh, I'll take Drill Sergeant, please. You got it. All right, now, listen up. I want each and every one of you to drop and give me a six-inch
1: meatball marinara. Cold-cut combo, veggie delight, or black forest ham on your choice of bread with any veggies you want for just 2 dollars each. Sir, yes, sir! Subway. Make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied.